Hi, and welcome to episode 81 of No Crying in Baseball, the Cinco de Mayo episode. Happy Cinco de Mayo. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hey there. Hi, Potty Mouth. We have been celebrating Cinco de Mayo all day. Well, you know, if you can call volunteering at a 5K and doing some yoga celebrating... Yeah, but it was, well, at least my my yoga was under sort of Mexican-themed decorations at the brewery. What better place to do yoga than at the brewery? Oh, right. And then I joined you at the brewery for the Salty Rim, you know, special release party. So you're right. So that was some celebration. It was totally celebrating. It was big fun. And then we started watching a ball game. Yeah. I wonder how that's going. I don't know. We'll uh, find out later. All right. Oh, the tension. Speaking the of tension. ball games. Tell us. I really want to go to some better ball games. Could you arrange that for me, please? I am trying my darndest. I'm thinking maybe next week there'll, there'll be a good one. I'm hoping because this week they're out of town. Yeah, that's true. It'll be Although warmer. It's been going well without us there. It's been going better without us there, which is really yeah. crappy because we don't want to be the reason that our gnats aren't doing very well. But, you know, at least we were cold. We were cold, so we're talking about our our wonderful hometown nationals, and we missed the game. It was against the Cards, where Steven Strasburg turned out to be the fastest pitcher to 1,500 strikeouts. That's right? That is true. Were we at that game? No. No, the next night. We were at the night where it got cold, and we're up high, so we get that wind chill factor. And we put on the rally caps, and it just didn't work. We followed your rules. It, It didn't kick in. I know. I'm really disappointed. Well, you know what? I think not enough people followed the rules. Okay. Two of us with rally caps is not going to really sway the game so much. We have to do some networking around in Section 408 and talk to the people around us and get more I, rally cap action going. I think so. And if things don't change soon, we may t- need to invest in warmer rally caps because they really didn't help keep the temperature in. Anyway, on today's Cinco de Mayo show, we are going to talk about injury list woes. They're hitting all of us. We're going to talk about the series happening right now in Mexico. We're going to do a lot of cross-training about women's sports. There is a boatload going on right now that you need to know about. We have a super special guest, Jen Rubenstein of Queer Fancy Stats, and they are doing very cool stuff that's turning lemons into lemonade and raising money for local LGBTQ organizations based on certain players and certain stats, and they will tell us all about it in just a little bit. Hang around. We usually start off our shows talking a little bit about our boyfriends, because we like boyfriends. This is not creepy. These are the guys that we think are super cool, not just because they're great baseball players, but we picked them with care and love because there's something special about them. Check out our off-season episodes for more background on lots of cool guys. So we check in on them a little bit each episode, and I've just got to say I'm adapting to using the term IL. We thought Slowly. it was going to be a slow like conversion to learn how to say it, but we've gotten some practice. Yeah, Yahoo Sports still sucks at it because that's who runs our fantasy league. But IL, Juan Soto. So my young guys, I was thinking I've got all this going. I've got all these young guys on my fantasy team. Juan Soto has back spasms. I have back spasms. I have back spasms. He is totally our people. He is. And, and, you know, he was the big talk at the VFW the other night talking about going, not that it sounds like we go out drinking a lot, doesn't it? I can't imagine why it sounds that way. Yeah, it's just just, uh, a little bit of an oddity there. But he was the big big talk. Yeah, adorable. Wait, that's the cheers. (laughs) He was the big talk at the VFW, him and his back spasms, and he was out of that game. And then I have a couple boyfriends with the splits injuries. We talked about Fernando Tatis Jr. last week. He has moved from day to day onto that IL with his extensive split. And Ronald Guzman, who I admired from his, for his splits, has been out for, 
I had, it seems like since near the start of the season, I think it was like first or second week of April, he's the first base person of the Rangers and uh, split too hard, I guess, because it was a hamstring injury. Oh, damn. So he's coming back this week. And so what I had to do was figure out a little bit of fantasy baseball strategy and math, and I suck at this. So he comes in on Tuesday. So my question was, do I take out the current guy who I have at first base, even though he doesn't really play first base, but he counted because he's so super utility, I got to put him in that slot. Sure. And that is Profar, Jerickson Profar who I was really excited about because he's the one Kurosawan that I could still keep on my team after profiling all those Kurosawans. But it turns out, get this uh, title that I saw, he he leads the fantasy baseball droppables. There is your answer right there about go ahead and, and put in um, Guzman because he's coming back, even if it costs you a day or two. So I, don't, I didn't. I, uh, well, and, and glad you I, asked sorry, that question. Yeah, I know. So I, I fucked up. Well, that's because we, we, we record on Sundays and we have to do our, our choosing before. And I was just thinking, well, I still hold out hope for Profar because he had like a, a banner season last year. That was my whole thing when I was looking into him. He had been at this level the year before. Last year it was up and coming. I was hoping for this upswing. So it's early and I'm going to give him another week. I was thinking two days of him sucking versus two days of nothing waiting for Guzman to come in. And who knows how Guzman is because he's just coming off of rehab. So I don't know. Maybe my fantasy baseball boyfriend math is off. We shall see. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. I was going to come in complaining that I've got a bunch of guys day to day right now. But right before we started recording, I got some good news. My my guy Yelich was, you know, day to day. He came back and hit his longest home run of the season. He had a third deck home run today. Now leads the major leagues in home runs. So I'm okay. Okay, so that's a good one. That's in my favor. Maybe things will turn around that's for me. That's a pretty sweet comeback after having a guy hurt. But, but meanwhile, you know, Acuna Jr. is down to day to day. So again, the young guys that should be like our stalwarts Although, here. man, he is so cute. He's, I just saw a series of pictures of him goofing around in the dugout, and he was like singing into the bat and swinging from the rafters. Just, just say the word adorable. Oh, Get he's out adorable. Of drink. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not why I picked him, by the way. Um, but so Cedric Mullins, I got sent down from from the O's. So he was kind of off my team. So I just brought back um, Jason Hayward to my outfield. And he's having what looks like it could be a career year if we can call April the beginning of a career year. And I'm going to do that because I'm hopeful that I can move up, please. Hey, hey, Hayward. Hey, hey, Hayward. Um, so Cece Sabathia, Oh, my favorite guy. Well, you know what? He's starting to become my favorite guy. He is. This is so bad. We I feel used guilty. to really, you know, guilty. we used to really, you know, just just rag on him. And honest to God, okay, so he hit his he hit he struck out the three thousandth batter. Okay, so that's pretty freaking amazing. Can, wait, can I interject one thing that was Please. really amazing about that three thousandth strikeout? Yes. So I was watching the game because I knew something historic was coming and I was chatting with my Yankees friend Santiago and he was at $29.99. And so we're on the edge of our seats. He has two strikes, lets up a home run. So I had <laughs> so the the what the batter right before three thousand was I got to laugh a little bit, but yeah, then we celebrated with the three thousand. Really, really yeah. we did. And then and then the things that's CC is doing now to like really, really win us over, aside from the fact that, I mean, he's unstoppable, is that yesterday for Star Wars Day, 
He dressed as Yoda, the six foot six inch pitcher, dressed as Yoda, drove to Yankee Stadium dressed as Yoda, and then stood at the gate and handed out the bobble, his Star Wars bobblehead to fans coming in. I mean, how can you hate that? You can't. He's awesome. He he should have chosen Chewbacca with you know it's that funnier. body size. It's funnier. Really? It's yeah. funnier. That's it's true. funnier. I'm I'm okay with that. Green is good. Hey, let's go to Mexico. Can, Mexico. Can we? We, you know, so I wanted to talk about Mexico, especially for you, because we have another game in Monterrey, and you enjoyed that so much I last do. time. I do. Do one more time. Monterrey. Oh, God, I love Monterrey, that. Monterrey, Mexico. Mexico. That's even better. Angels against the Astros are probably playing right now as a recording, so you all might know more about the... Um, the, the results, those score kind of things. But, you know, I don't focus on scores all the time. Let's talk about the fun stuff. There are two Mexican-born players associated with the Astros. You know who they are? Do tell. Roberto Asuna. Huh. Not one of our favorites. No, he's on the list. And Jeff Luno. Luno. Fuck, I was practicing before the, the podcast. Luno. Luno. Yeah, manager. Yep. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound Mexican. But he uh, was born there and lived there for something like 15 years. I think his parents were in some sort of foreign I, – I can't remember. They worked for some something that, that caused them to move around a lot. So, yeah, he was born in Mexico. Uh, looking into Asuna, I'm feeling kind of mixed. So we have last talked about him with his allegations of abusing his girlfriend – and he was not convicted basically because she took off to Mexico. So that's got to be, I don't know. Mexico's a big place. She's there somewhere. But she wouldn't testify against him, um, which is not necessarily good in general. But he has but a it's found her choice. It, yeah, it's her it choice. is her we'll choice. Right. And so and it just sort of leaves the rest of us not being able to make a clear decision. But I think some of us have sort of uh, put in our votes for him. But he has this foundation the RO54 Foundation that helps Mexican children play baseball for free. So he gets points in one area, but I don't think it's enough for me to take him off the never-going-to-be-a-boyfriend list. On the always-going-to-be-a-boyfriend list is Jose Altuve, who continues to be adorable, and I would definitely drink to that, as he hangs out with the people in Mexico, and the kids were like so excited to see him that they were basically crying. He's shaking hands, signing shirts, shining ba- signing baseballs. Totally cute. My last Mexican issue has to do with Puerto Rico. That's not Mexico. Not even close. No. But for some people, it seems to be some sort of an equivalent. Namely, this article on MLB, which... So we talked with um, El Profe Adrian Burgos from La Vida Baseball a while ago. And we posed this question to him that we have had forever, which is, why do people keep calling Puerto Rico a country? When we see Puerto Rico... Or or maybe better treated as a country, like in the World Baseball Classic, where they have their own team as opposed to the United States. And he had a a lot of answers connected to pride. But still, geographically, it's not a country. And it keeps being referred to as a country. So the quotation is, the Angels have previously played internationally in Puerto Rico. So it was saying, you know, this isn't their first international game. They played in Puerto Rico before. That is not an international game, is it? It is not. It is not. Now, the end of that is against uh, the Expos. So the Expos were playing internationally because if you remember the Expos, Canada, also not United States. That case, actually not United States. So I don't know. So that could be the international part of the game? I, it's weird. It's weird. But then you'd say like when the ex, when we play the, you know, when we play the Blue Jays, it's an international game. When right. We play them here at home in the United States and it's not. So I, it's, ah. maybe it should be. 
Our cross-training today is not only different sports, but different issues. We talk a lot about women in baseball. Today, we're going to talk about women in track, women in hockey, and women in soccer. I'm hoping you will have read up on this really fascinating case that's happening right now with a South African Olympian named Caster Semeni. Semeni? I do not know. Um, She has a naturally occurring high level of testosterone. And she's freaking amazing. She wins all the races that she runs. There are those out there who say, I'm sorry, you're not girl enough to compete against other women. So there was actually a ruling in court that said she, in order to compete against other women, because she has this naturally occurring level of testosterone, she is not using PED, she's not doing anything else, this is naturally occurring, she would actually have to take medication to lower that level of testosterone in order to compete against other women. And from what I've seen, this woman has already been through a lot of humiliating examinations that they have forced her to go through. I can't even imagine, I didn't Mm -hmm. see the details, but it's just incredibly invasive. And the other good point that I saw was apparently, and here's where I'm going to just make shit up, but it's based on facts, really, that Michael Phelps has some condition, right? Do you know what that is? So I I believe he may be double-jointed. There are certainly, I I think that may be the case. There have been- something chemical with him, too. Well, there could be, but also there are some swimmers and other athletes whose joints function differently, Mm -hmm. which makes them better at certain strokes. Breaststroke, interesting kick, or butterfly and those things. And people just say, wow, they are naturally blessed. Right. They have this extra natural talent, this God-given talent. And the the kicker, though, is that that's usually with men. Yes. Yes, it is. I'm glad you noticed that, potty mouth, because that's exactly it. Here's a woman with a naturally occurring, possibly advantage. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that people want to do is take that away from her because that makes her not girl enough to compete with other women. You know, thinking about it. Isn't that true with most sports? Like tall people play basketball. And if you're taller, you're going to have some kind of advantage. You sure are. You know, I mean, there's going to be that. buddy mouth thing. There you go. <laughs> and there's, you know, we talk about Altuve and his height and how it's it's amazing that he does what he does with that right. height. So that's just, that's just life. We all have differences in our right. bodies. And I get the rules against doing anything to increase right. your advantage, like taking PEDs, for instance. I get why that's a problem, but you can't force someone to change their natural makeup. Well, apparently one can. It's really gross. So, so this runner is not sure what she's going to do. She just won an 800-meter race by by seconds, by a, by a boatload. And said, "This might be my last race. If I, you know, if this this ruling takes effect, I may never race again." And That's she's heartbreaking. young. She's got like a whole future ahead of her. So, in that context, I want to briefly talk about women's hockey, which I do a couple times a year. Thank you for your patience in that. So, there were two professional hockey leagues: the Canadian and the North, the the North American. Um, and the Canadian league folded. So, the NWHL, the National Women's Hockey League went into negotiations to try to kind of bring that together and make one unified larger league. So that's going on on one end. On the other end, 200 professional women hockey players have said, have signed onto this letter saying, you know what, we're not going to play at all because it is so inequitable. It is so hard and the, the, the conditions are so different for women than for men that it's, it's, it's inherently unfair and we can't even afford to do it. Most women who play professional hockey have to have day jobs. 
There are so few hockey teams that a lot of them have day jobs pretty far away and have to commute like hell to get to games and to practices. Some women only get paid $2,000 for an entire season to play professional hockey. And I don't think anyone is saying we should get multi-million dollar contracts. I think what they're saying is, for God's sakes, pay for the tape for our sticks. You know, give us decent travel conditions and pay us a living wage. And one of the ways to do that, I think, is partnerships with the NHL, which we've talked about before. But interestingly, the the NWHL is saying, you guys are screwing this up because we're in these negotiations. We're trying to make this bigger league. We've got revenue sharing plans. We've got things going for you. And cutting yourselves out of this entirely is going to screw it up. And there are some players who are now being vocal saying, no, I don't want to do that. I want to see what's going to happen with this. So it started out looking super unified because all the big names have signed onto this letter. But there is some contention with the players union and other things. So we're going to see what happens. In that context, um, back at the end of March, five um, players on the Women's World Cup, American World Cup team, actually filed a wage discrimination suit about the fact of how inequitable their pay, their travel, and their treatment is compared to the men. This is on to soccer. On to soccer. And yeah, in comparison to, number one, how much better they're doing, how much more successful they are. Mm -hmm. But it's absolutely a gender-based bias in how they are supported. So, wow. Pay some attention to, to women's sports out there because there's a lot of stuff going down right now. Sounds a lot like minor league baseball. It is. Absolutely. When you got these guys who are doing the same job, who are playing, paying crap and having to like deliver pizzas in their spare time in order to be able to afford to play this game until something magic happens. But in that case, something magic might happen. Yeah. Whereas women, they're just talking about equity. They're just talking about equity. So cheers to that, my friends. Oh, Good cheers. luck. Cheers. Today on No Crying in Baseball, we have another very special guest. We would like to welcome, with open arms, Jen Rubenstein of Queer Fancy Stats. And Jen, I'm going to just turn it right over to you to tell us, what what is that? What is Queer Fancy Stats? Well, from the beginning, it started out, first of all, hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Great to have you. But yeah, it started out um, without any kind of name or any kind of fanfare during the 2015 playoffs. Um, I'm a Nats fan. I'm originally from the D.C. area. Um, but in 2015, the Nationals did not make the playoffs. And so I decided to pick a team to root for. That's a lot of times what we do when our team's not there. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad is originally from Queens. And I grew up as a little kid. I used to go to Shea Stadium to see the Mets with my grandfather. So I decided that I was going to root for the Mets that year. Um, and that happened to be the year that Daniel Murphy got really hot and wouldn't stop hitting home runs and pretty much single-handedly led them into the World Series. And that also was the same season that during that uh, spring training, he the team had met with Billy Bean and his quotes had come out about he how he um, didn't agree that Billy Bean was gay. Like, that's a thing that you have the right to agree with or not. Right. Um, so I had to try to find a way to reconcile just for myself. I'm rooting for this team. And the only reason they're even there is because of this guy and he's pretty awful. So I decided to donate money to an organization in New York city called the Hetrick Martin Institute, which is the nonprofit organization, um, the umbrella organization over the Harvey milk school in New York city. Um, and I just, 
picked very simple donations, a dollar if he got a hit, um, $2 if he got an RBI, that kind of thing. Uh, he promptly went ice cold. So the Mets <laughs> lost five. <laughs> Convenient. Good for oh, the yeah. budget. Bad for the fundraising. Yeah. I ended up adding some bonuses. I think I made like a $5 bonus for if he had an error and he ended up with two. Um, I mean, you know, Daniel Murphy, for those of us who are baseball fans, not really known for his defense so right. much. So, um, but yeah, so then they lost the World Series. The The Royals won. I was actually at game five, which oh, was wow. really fun, <laughs> wearing my rainbow curly W hat. Um, and yeah, that, that was the end. So I thought. And then that... Christmas Eve, the news broke that I think he had he was a um, a free agent after that. But Christmas Eve, 2015, the Nationals signed Daniel Murphy, <laughs> so, and he was coming to your hometown. <laughs> so I, I promptly lost my mind, pretty much, um, <laughs> pretty loudly swore off baseball forever because I was just so furious. Okay, that didn't and last. I, I know this didn't last. Yeah. <laughs> it did not. Luckily. Um, what happened was over the next few weeks, I finally came to my senses. It was very early in the off season. Obviously, we weren't even thinking about pitchers and catchers reporting yet. Um, and as people started talking about getting excited about the countdown to when pitchers and catchers would report and baseball's coming back, I started talking to some folks on Nats Twitter about, OK, I've been a Nats fan since the moment it was announced that the Expos were moving to D.C., Daniel Murphy is signing a three-year deal. So I've been a Nats fan before him. I'll be a Nats fan after him. So I just have to find a way to make it through that three years. And just trying to brainstorm and, and throw some ideas around. Um, a friend of mine from Twitter actually said, you know, let me look into this a little bit. Maybe we can make it a little more interesting than just like a dollar here, two dollars there. And because... I'm a big baseball fan. I'm I always have my scorebook at the ballpark. I am not an expert in advanced statistics. <laughs> when I say not an expert, I mean I have no idea anything about anything advanced statistics <laughs> at all. Um so You're anytime fast learner. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, when when you start looking at it literally every single game, it makes a lot more sense. Um but yeah, so what the suggestion was from this friend of mine, Jimmy, was to use WOBA, the weighted on base average. And what he basically said was, if you were to look at his previous season, if you were to look at his 2015 season, if you took the actual equation to calculate the weighted on base average, the way you calculate it is you multiply 0.88 times however many singles hit. 1.25 times however many doubles hit and so on for everything that factors in, which is singles, doubles, triples, home runs, um, walks, and stolen bases. And so each one has a different multiplier. So we said if you actually translate that into dollar amounts, so 0.8888 cents, 1.25, $1.25, it would average out about 25-ish dollars a month, 25 to $30, which is pretty much what I was aiming for. Um, and so we're like, oh, this is a great idea. We'll just go ahead and, you know, try this, see what happens. So, so you reverse engineered the stats to make it fit in your budget. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Can I just uh, ask, is there any allocation for guys on base? Any bonus points for extra runs batted? 
Not in that particular statistic. Okay. There are other statistics that take that into consideration, but for this particular, if you just research WOBA, um, that's it's just not something that factors into that. That plays into a lot of statistics, just not that particular one. Okay. So yeah, it's a little. So if you think about on base average, it's a little bit more complex than just how often they get on base, but it's not more complex to take into consideration anything else really going on in the field. And it's nothing a spreadsheet can't handle for you. <laughs> exactly. I definitely made a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> I learned how to do a lot of calculations in Excel throughout all of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the, this, of course, what I'm talking about now is what was happening literally three years ago. So this is the beginning of the season of 2016 when all of this was starting. And what happened was, we thought we that he was performing so far beyond his actual potential during that playoffs in 2015. And he just kind of kept that going. Um, so he ended up making the all-star team as a reserve that first year with the nationals. He made the all-star team as a starter the following year. So the donations ended up significantly higher than I had initially, initially anticipated. Um, but it, it almost made it more fun every time he would, um, get, uh, either like a double or hit a home run. I would all of a sudden get all these notifications on my phone, whether it was from Twitter or just people texting me like, you're going to go broke, <laughs> taking <laughs> your money. And, but I mean, in a, in a fun way, in a, in most definitely a, a supportive way. Um, and then over the first few months at first, I wasn't even really talking about it too much. I tweeted about it a little bit. Um, but I didn't have a dedicated blog or a dedicated Twitter account, anything like that, until I, I realized people were tweeting at me and saying, hey, I missed your last update. You know, what happened this month? So I ended up starting its own um, Twitter account. I have a blog now where I just post updates every month. And um, thankfully, people actually started um, matching my donations, which at the time, I know this is naive of me, but it didn't really occur to me that other people would be upset about him being on their favorite baseball team. Cause at the time, a lot has changed in the past three years. And at the time I felt very alone in my, my little bubble of fury while mm -hmm. everyone else was really excited. Like, Oh, he's really good at baseball. I'm here, like, Do you know who he is? Have you been paying attention? Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, um, I've, grown my overall baseball community, not even within the Nats specifically, but everywhere. I became friends with Phillies fans, which I never thought was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds sure. miraculous. I I've met um, uh, friends from New York, friends from Chicago, um, friends from multiple California teams, just just because people are like, you know, I've had a difficult time rooting for my team because even if it wasn't something homophobia related, there are a lot of problematic athletes and front offices in every sport. We definitely That's keep sure. our own list about those things as well. Absolutely. So yeah, it's um, just even being able to kind of brainstorm with folks in other cities. Um, the year that the Cubs won the World Series, Araldis Chapman was their closer. Yeah. And there are some folks in Chicago that started um, donating money to um, like women's and children's shelters and domestic violence charities based on every time he got a save. So it's it's really interesting to kind of see how how it's growing. And I by no means take any kind of credit for any of that. But it's it's really nice to 
be able to find a community of people, even if it's just via Twitter, that it's it's more than just a game. You know, it's you can't just tune out everything that's going on in the world, you know, shut down your brain and enjoy a baseball game because there's it, baseball is not something that exists outside of our reality in the way, you know, the country is and things that are happening in the news. So it's it's nice to know that there are other people that kind of feel that same way. And obviously it's it's changed a lot in the past three years. I mean, Daniel Murphy's the person I've been talking about so far, and he's not even in D.C. anymore. Um, so this year I kind of turned everything inside out and upside down because at the end of last season or before the end of last season, he got traded away. He's on a totally different team now. It's like, well... It's not that I like him, so I, I don't need to go out of my way to follow him on the Rockies. <laughs> and to spend your money on it. And I, I like that you didn't go out and find like, like a, a solution presented itself that's actually positive for a change. It, yes, I, I like that for a lot of reasons, one of which is honestly my own mental health. It's sure. Nice to be able to focus on something that's not just all terrible all the time. Um, and over the past few years, I have done additional donations when other incidents have happened and those have definitely been not positive incidents. Um, but I was hoping that maybe this year really good things would happen. So even before the the season started, I wasn't sure exactly what to do. It actually took until the first series of the season. It was the first couple games. I realized I kind of miss updating a spreadsheet every single baseball game, <laughs> as funny as that sounds. Oh, my God, you're my people. <laughs> I mean, when it's something that you're literally doing every single game for three seasons, and we all know baseball is not a short season, <laughs> like, all of a sudden, like, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, what do we do during a baseball game? Um, and in talking to um, – pardon me for the – Unwelcome guests. Oh, totally fine. I can talk to our cats that are frequent guests <laughs> on the po- on the podcast who always come out when the microphones come out. Yep, Bianca has decided that she would like to be <laughs> involved, apparently. But um, so yeah, the the same guy that had helped come up with the initial um, Woba statistic a few years ago, he was also the person that suggested using. Um, there was a, a pitching statistic that we started using um, when there were a couple incidents involving pitchers and we just needed to find something that was uh, last year when the various players tweets were coming up. So, oh, yeah. so uh, it was like Josh I Hader, that- the phrase you're looking for. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, Josh Hader from Milwaukee and uh, Sean Newcomb, Newcomb from right. Atlanta. So we had used FIP. So a, a different advanced statistic because they were specifically, pitchers um and so between him and my friend sid who you may know from um resting pitch face yeah. podcast we we had a, a group dm on twitter and kind of throwing some ideas around both of them are actually knowledgeable about advanced statistics <laughs> wow. um, and yeah so the that's where the suggestion came up to do something based specifically on Sean Doolittle statistics. So we're going in the positive direction because he has been, um, he and his wife, Aaron Dolan, have been extremely outspoken as LGBTQ allies um, and 
um, really a lot of different issues, but that specifically, um, Sean himself has become involved with the night out game for this year. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Um, Aaron is actually on the board of Smile, which is an LGBTQ youth organization here in D.C. So the idea was to use um, Gimli, which is fun because it is both an extremely nerdy statistic, which is appropriate for Sean Doolittle. And a famous dwarf name. And a character from an extremely nerdy movie, which is also very brand for Sean Doolittle. So it, it was one of those perfect storm of like nerd baseball good things. Huh. <laughs> so, um, and what it is, it's leverage index, which is again, not something that I had ever heard of before I started doing this this year, but it's very fascinating. It actually measures how stressful of a situation a game is in. And the way it's described on fan graphs is it's something that it doesn't matter who you are or what your background is. Everyone pretty much agrees on the same situations being the most stressful situations. So you can be a player, you can be someone in the front office, you can be a fan, you can be a scout and everyone pretty much agrees. Okay. This is a very intense situation. And so the measurement for that, a one is neutral. So anything higher than one is a more intense game situation and Theoretically, it can go as high as 10, but it usually does not. So the idea was to just translate that number directly into dollars. So if the Gimli, which is the measurement of leverage index at the time a pitcher enters the game. So that's why it's little GM capital LI. Okay. So Gimli is, if it were to be something like 1.25, that would be $1.25. And then I added, um, it'll be a dollar if there's a save. It'll be a dollar if there's a win. Um, and just kind of going by last year's entire season, it would about average out to what our idea was, what I was trying to donate. So that was the concept before the season even started. So hang on one sec. So things that would come into effect are like how many outs, how many people on base, what the score is, those kinds of things. It is actually an extremely complicated statistic i would highly recommend checking out the article on it um on fan graphs it is not something that an ordinary baseball fan is going to actually calculate it is um it takes a lot of things in the game time situation into account so it's what inning it is, how many outs there is, what the score is. It's a lot of things that are related to win expectancy. Um, I'm thinking my kid should bring this to our AP stat teacher. This should be like a project for the, we can, your, your kid's an AP stat too, right? Yeah. And she's hated it up until now. Maybe this would get her to love it. Right. It's really interesting when you start reading about it. So, All right, I got homework uh, to do, apparently. Not not something that you're necessarily going to be calculating unless you are either someone who is extremely interested in advanced baseball statistics or possibly someone who is in an AP stats class. <laughs> For instance, the demographics, very specific. 
<laughs> so has has Doolittle been as cooperative as say Murphy was last year as far as staying within the the dollar range expected? Is he going what you thought he would be overall, more or less? Well, first of all, and this is something that we didn't really think about too much when this was all just hypothetical. Sean Doolittle is a closer. Right, right. And if you think about the situations that a closer usually comes into the game, they're generally going to come in when it's either a tie game or only a one or two run lead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so automatically. The most intense situation. So the baseline is already fairly high for this. And that's, yeah, it, it really, really is. Um, there's, I'm pulling up. I apologize for not pulling up before we uh, start here. I have, my spreadsheet, I keep a live spreadsheet on Google Docs, so anyone can go in and check it oh. out at any time if anyone is ever um, interested in following along or honestly checking my math or anything that's <laughs> to make sure that I'm saying what I mean. Put our AP um, stats kids on um, But his very first appearance was a Mets game on Sunday, March 31st. That's actually how this was all born. But the Gimli for his entry that day was 3.53, which is already like one of the highest that he's had so far this season. Wow. So what I've noticed, and again, I'm not an expert, so just looking at these trends, the games where everyone is in like full clench mode. <laughs> Another scientific term. Right. Tend to be around two. So when we get closer to three over three closer to four it's it's a lot so yeah there's um just for the month of april which just recently ended (laughs) it was so this is adding up all of the gimli and again he's a relief pitcher he's a closer he didn't even appear in every single game so adding up all of these gimli amounts plus a dollar if there's either a save or a win it came to over $50 oh, a month. Worse than Murphy. <laughs> but that's, I mean, Murphy was around there a couple times, but that usually involved some bonuses. And this did as well. There were a few times that we, uh, <laughs> I did actually throw in some bonuses <laughs> for a plate appearance because we figured. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that's a little going to bat. There's not going to be many plate appearances. Well, he's already had two. Right. <laughs> so it's been a very strange season so far. <laughs> So let, let's talk nationals at a whole. We, we, as a whole, we've got night night out coming up, and you're involved. I am very excited. This is my second year on the night out committee. And if you want to hear what Jen and the committee have planned for for this upcoming year, you're going to have to tune in next week because we ended up talking so long, we have enough for two weeks and more. The good news is there's more great conversation next week with Jen Rubenstein of Queer Fancy Stats. But until then, back to our previous, previously recorded program. <clears throat> back at our Fantasy Baseball Boyfriend League, boyfriend baseball league what we were talking about before we have rankings and ratings and i am still in the gutter i'm not in ultimate last place so that's a good thing but you've joined us in the lower half again and i uh, I am sinking and sinking quickly there's hope as as we red sox fans say there's always next year and you cleveland people and all of us nationals people so many teams say this but el wombo our first place guy is going to be getting a call from the commish i think he might have 
somebody from the never going to be a boyfriend list. Yeah, there may be infractions. I've only heard rumors. I haven't done the research. So El Wombo, watch out. I might be coming for you. Yeah. Interestingly, the number two team, the leftovers, uh, is the one who squealed on him. So Oh, oh you narked him there out is, completely. There is that. That is awesome. But we do have standards and sort of like, you know, what we were just talking about with queer fancy stats, there are certain people, if they haven't done the three-step retribution, they can't be our baseball boyfriends. And and it's not just homophobic slurs. We're looking at abusers or other examples of just guys you don't want to hang out with, right? So yeah, yeah. And you're, they're, they're not pretty serious infractions, so we're not messing yeah. around with that. So watch out, El Wombo. On a happy, happy note, for those of you local to the D.C. area where we hang out, we are hosting our friend Cami Kidder, who you may have heard on a uh, one of our shows a couple of months ago. She's the one who has created a movie called Thrill Like a Girl. She's bringing the documentary in rough cut form to the Tacoma Park Community Center this Thursday night. May 9th at 7.30 p.m. We're going to have the showing. She's going to hang around for questions and answers. So if you are in town, please do come. And our hope is we'll be able to have, a, a, we'll record a little with Cammie to share on the next show. And dear Patty, you here will be on the mic as MC of the event, won't you? Aren't That's you doing true. That? That's true. I will be your host for the evening and Potty Mouth may or may not be there in disguise or not. So you I know. will be hiding in the back row in sunglasses, but I will be there. <laughs> we hope yeah, everyone... that won't be obvious. Nobody <laughs> will know who that is. <laughs> the one in a very poor disguise. Right. That's right. That's I gotta right. get so... the beard. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to stop with beer. Okay. <laughs> All right, my friends. So if we won't see you on Thursday because you can't commute here from wherever you are, please make sure you tell your friends about the show. And if you have time to write us a review or leave a rating, that's extremely helpful to us. And in the meantime, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth.